I had a Bloomberg in the background, so I was getting like the news feed. And there was something on Tesla. This is back in the day. And I, I forget even what it was, but Tesla, they had some kind of news that came out. I go, this is probably some really crazy news, right? And I think I got like, I don't know, 30, 40 contracts on, on Tesla, whatever. This is this is <laughs> years ago. And this stock just ran, right? And I was up like fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000 within eight minutes. Oh, wow. And I was like, Oh, this is fun. All right. This is this is good. I caught that one. And then I think it was the <laughs> next day. Awesome. So we have uh Martina again has a good question. So once you become a profitable, once you become profitable, did you have family or friends coming to you for money? If so, how did you handle it? Um, one of the things that I don't share with my family and with my friends any of my financial information. I just, I just don't share that with them. And part of that is for that reason, that's my defense mechanism. But the other thing, I actually don't really have a lot of family and friends that ask those questions. More often than not, they're asking for stock tips and I have to explain to them, sorry, I'm not going to give you stock tips. First of all, that's not what I do. I can teach you how to figure it out yourself and I'd be more than happy to do that, but I'm not going to give you a stock tip because if it doesn't go well, you're not going to be happy with me. I'm not going to be happy with you, et cetera, et cetera. And it just ruins a relationship. So clear boundaries. That's what I have to establish, make sure that they're there. And that's how I've done it in the past. And in the future, if that ever starts to happen to me, where I do have friends and family, I, again, I live by the philosophy that I will not lend people money unless I'm prepared to never see it again. That's the philosophy that I have. So if I can afford it and I don't want to ever see it again, so be it. If they happen to pay it back, great. If not, then oh well. And uh, that's how I live my life. So I will make sure that those boundaries are in place and I'll be okay with that. How about you, Dan? Good question. I'm married, so my wife just takes it all. So if they're asking <laughs> me, they're asking the wrong person. All right, so I'm like, you guys are barking up the wrong tree. I don't, I don't know. But uh, yeah, no, I, I mean... I don't mind helping people out if, if, you know, somebody needs something or, or whatever, that's usually different. I, I don't know. Maybe I haven't really come across where people are straight out asking for money, but if, you know, they have fundraisers, charities, somebody's sick, somebody's hurt. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll be able to give you some money, whatever. Just, you know, it is what it is. Don't expect anything. I don't expect anything back, but it's not like I, I haven't really had people come to me for, for money. So I'll have to ask my wife though if they've come to her. They might have, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how she would handle it, but yeah. So it, it just, I, I think, honestly, I think once you have money, it's not. I, I I don't think really people come out of the woodwork unless one they know you have money or two, you have some type of fame or notoriety, right? Yeah. Like the, you you could be a YouTube star, and everyone just thinks you have money. Right. And it's like those people probably get asked more than than I would for for handout or something like that. So um but mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think you know, teach a man to fish instead of giving the fish, I think is a better, better solution. Like like you said, like, hey, I'll help you in the markets, I'll help you do what you gotta do, but you know, same same thing. I don't really give advice out to to buy this stock. This is the one, yeah. you know, it's borderline like almost inside information like you got to get this stock before the next earnings report like i don't know but yeah no i, I haven't really come i haven't really crossed the bridge so i'm, I'm 
I'm okay with it for now. And you know, and one tip I guess you could say is, you know, if you are wealthy and you have a lot of money and what have you, and you're trying to avoid your friends and family asking, make sure you have one credit card that's maxed and you just show them the bill every time. <laughs> say, sorry, man, I'm maxed. <laughs> That's it's the down, it's a down day. It's like, yeah, I got I'm just left. kidding. <laughs> Red candle out um, there today. Uh, yeah, exactly. There you go. All right. Um, so uh, Chuck asks, have you found that most traders start trading businesses or just trade out of their own or personal accounts? So, so I want to kind of combine funded this accounts. one a little. Yeah, I want to combine this one with Wynn's question too. So okay. uh, his question is, I know you're not an accountant. True. And can't give tax <laughs> advice. Extra true. true. <laughs> but along the lines of Chuck's question in the US, so DJ, what is the best way to structure your trading business and keep as much profits as possible? Um, again, not an accountant, not, not financial advice, not tax advice. You guys do you find your own people. But um, for me personally, yes, have a have a LLC to trade with. Um, even a basic accountant will probably tell you to do that. But again, that's their advice, not mine. Uh, for what your situation is and every state is different taxes are different in every state as well as um and i have no idea what goes on in canada at all but um have have a typically especially when you start making money if you're just starting out a small account you probably don't have to do it today but as you start to grow as you start to make money it will be more beneficial usually to have an llc to trade under even the cost of like RLT for education purposes, that becomes tax write-off. Your computer you use tax write-off. Uh, cell phones could be tax write-off. There's different, a whole bunch of different tax write-offs that you'll get, even if you trade at your house, uh, depending on where you live. Some states, this could be part of your office and part of your mortgage gets written off as well. So there's definitely some some huge advantages to to trading that way. You could also have an LLC on your own self too, not advice, not just you guys do you, but you could be like DJ LLC. And then technically you personally don't make money. Only yourself as a corporation makes money. And then you, you might be able to write some more things off, but I'm not, I'm not an, uh, I'm not an accountant. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And in Canada, this is very different here. So I've actually had that conversation with my accountant this last April, again, asking whether or not I should do that. He said, no, not at this point. You don't need to. It's it's not important until it actually starts to uh, be a tax benefit in the way that tax is calculated here in Canada, trading tax anyway. It, it just doesn't make much sense at this point, at least for me. It might for others, but Anyway, the point is each province is different, each country is different, each state is different. So you do need to reach out to an accountant and speak to them directly for that advice. And uh, I wouldn't be listening to other individuals because it's going to be applicable and, and custom to your scenario for sure. Absolutely. Great question. Great question. All right. What's the next one? Dan, do you have another question here? Let's see here. Uh, chat. I feel like we're out of questions. There is an RLT video with some tax info. Yeah. And there's also, uh, when you guys are dealing with accountants too, there's accountants. Uh, and, and again, a, a, I think a basic accountant will tell you uh, probably trade under an LLC trade as a business. There is more tax advantages, but there is also um, accountants that deal specifically with people who trade and day trade and mm -hmm. like anything, there's some good ones and some bad ones and, you know, interview them, interview your accountant. Find out they, they work for you. So find out which one fits fits you. Make sure they, they understand what you do for a living. Make sure they understand how the markets work. 
Um, tax codes could change based on who's in the White House and who's in Senate, Congress, things like that. So you want somebody that's going to be able to, to keep up with just any of the tax loopholes, tax advantages, and go from there. Yeah, I even tried getting my accountant to come on the podcast. I thought it would be a great opportunity to interview him and get some Canadian advice. But his response was very, very particular. And that is, it, he, he's tried that before. It's too hard to come up with an all-encompassing answer that is a one-size-fits-all because everybody's scenario is different and every tax benefit is different depending on your entire scenario, whether you have kids, whether you're married, whether you're not married, whether you're blah, 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 blah. What, how many other businesses do you have? There's too many variables to be able to clearly answer that question. So yeah, best advice, speak to an accountant for sure. And yes, uh, Jeremy has interviewed uh, we've had actually RLT members interview a couple of different accountants on our channel, and you can check all of those videos out. I'll probably put a, a link to the dis in the description or pop it up there somewhere or up there, whichever, and you can uh, check out some of those interviews if you're interested in that question. But do we have any other questions from our audience? We've been getting so many good questions already. We have yeah, been. If you guys it's have been... any other questions, you guys are more than free to type that into the chat pane as well. Uh... All right. So, Dan, mm -hmm. I would love for you to share a memorable trade that you had and either a significant one or something that created a tremendous amount of learning for you. Two that come into to mind. I think I've talked about both of them before one is one in particular trade and then one is like a, a span of two days so i would say the first one which actually introduced me to real life trading i think i was building an account i was doing pretty decent prior to real life trading just back and forth battling and then there was something i was i was i had a bloomberg in the background, so I was getting like the news feed, and there was something on Tesla. This is back in the day, and I, I forget even what it was. But Tesla, they had some kind of news that came out. I go, this is probably some really crazy news, right? And I think I got like, I don't know, 30, 40 contracts on on Tesla, whatever. But this is this is <laughs> years ago, and this stock just ran. Right. And I was up like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars within eight minutes. Oh wow. And I was like, oh, this is fun. All right. This is this is good. I caught that one. And then I think it was the <laughs> next day, some more news came out on Tesla because news on Tesla apparently just comes out all the time. And I was like, ah, I'm gonna do it again. So I did it again. Easily gave that whole thing back <laughs> plus more on top. And I was like, there's something that I'm not. Like, how do you have a really good trade? And then you, the next day, you're like, I, I gave it back. That's crazy. So that's, that's, that's for me, I was like, that's why I said like the R system, having that controlled risk. Yeah. Because I mean, I was, I was used to trading like two, 300 shares of Tesla. So I was like, what's 50, that's 5,000 shares you're controlling. Like, if you actually think about like <laughs> how many shares you're controlling on an option, it's, it's much yeah. different. Right. So yeah. um, I was, I was looking so that's that's where I was like, okay, if you predetermine your risk, again, yeah, would I have made twenty thousand on the first trade? Probably not, but I also wouldn't have given it all back on this on day two, right? So yeah. that was that was something. And then I think it was that night, 
like two in the morning, I was searching online and I was like, what is this RLT thing? And then that's kind of where that started for me. But so I would say that one. And then after I joined RLT, like I knew the concept now because I, I took some of the courses and training and stuff like that. But it's, it's, it's the same thing where people tell me all the time, they're like, yeah, I have a, I have a trading plan. I'm like, okay, do you follow it? Well, no, I didn't really follow. So why do you have the trading plan? Right. It was the same, <laughs> same type of thing for me. Like, even though I knew the R system, I mean, just, just coming off of, Hey, I can make $20,000 in eight minutes. And now I'm dealing with an R there was a drastic shift mentally for me where it was like, I, I, I just want to get the $20,000 in, in one in eight minutes again. Like that's, that's what I want to do. Right. So it was a little bit different to kind of dial myself back. And I think there was one time before earnings uh, for meta. This is, this is again, a bunch of years ago. And I was like, most of you guys on the computer right now is in the chat. And uh, they were, I was looking at this divergence on meta where I, I was and meta was like all-time highs at this point. I saw this bearish divergence. I'm like, okay, I think this thing is going to drop. This is like on a daily. And I, I type in the chat panel. I was like, Jeremy, I'm thinking of taking like 50 contracts bearish on or or puts out on, on Meta. What do you think? And he's like, and again, he doesn't know the account size I'm dealing with. So it's like, you get a question like that. And at that time, <laughs> it was like so new to RLT. I, I didn't really realize. But he's like, I probably wouldn't because <laughs> it's earnings and you don't know what's going to happen. And sure enough, I would have been correct on that one. So I do, I do want to like, I would, that would have been a $50,000 win off of earnings. Like it just moved like crazy. I think yeah. it dropped $50 that day or something in the stock. It would have been a huge win, but I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah, I'm doing the same thing that I was trying to do before. Or so what's the point of me being here? Right. So if I'm going to commit to something, if I'm going to follow a plan, follow a strategy, then I should just do that and follow the plan, follow the strategy and grow the account so that eventually, yeah, you know what? It could be a $20,000 or $30,000 or something crazy, but that would be the norm for the account, right? It's mm -hmm. not, you're just trying to hit one trade here and there. So, um, and again, it would have been the same thing. Even if I hit the $50,000 next day, I'd be like, this is easy. And then I'd probably give it back within the course of the next day, week, two months, whatever it was. So, um, I think that was an important trade for me, at least just because it really helped me look at things in a bigger picture as opposed to, it doesn't matter if I make $50,000 on one trade today. Mm -hmm. it, it's you're, you're building your house on, on twigs instead of bricks, right? You, you want to build that house up on bricks so you could weather the storm or recession or whatever comes in. So to me, that mm -hmm. was, that was two, two big trades that I personally stand out to me, but, and, mm -hmm. and actually really helped me on the journey to get to where I'm at is by taking those those two things. But what about for you, Trace? Nice. Well, my mem most memorable trade is always going to be Wayfair, missing out on it. And uh, it was back at the bottom of COVID. And I had done some analysis and I had insisted that I wanted to pick Wayfair up at $20. That's what I wanted. It missed me by, I think, a few pennies. And my husband kept saying, load up load up, get into Wayfair. This is going to be huge because he's seeing commercials all over TV and we're in COVID. Like the online thing is going to be huge. You need to, you need to start loading up on Wayfair. And I stuck to my $20. I wanted to get in at 20 and it started to bounce, missed me at the $20 mark. And each level he kept saying, get in, get in. And I kept saying, no, I'll get it on a retrace, get in. And it just kept going back going up. Now, had I gotten into the position when he said to get into the position instead of 
waiting for that pullback and being stubborn and stuck in my way and what have you, if I had actually reassessed it and instead of being upset that I didn't get it at the lowest price, and that's the thing, because once I didn't get it at the low price, I then started feeling like it was just too high. It was too high. It was too high. No matter what price it was at, it was too high. And I had to fix that mentality. But had I gotten into the trade and just gotten over myself at that point, managed it, and I've done this a million times over just to learn the lesson, I missed out on a $2.1 million trade. And that that was a huge learning experience for me. So there's that one. And then there's also the Tesla where I, again, did some technical analysis, got in with uh, 200 shares, I think, of Tesla. Can't remember what price. It might've been actually around, no, sorry, it was around the $200 mark, not $200 worth or 200 shares. It was around the $200 mark of Tesla. And the truck comes out, get the big tank day, wicks me out by literally a couple pennies and then takes off. And then that's when it just skyrocketed to the moon and I never got back into it ever again. So that both of those experiences, one was missing out and one was just never getting in after getting stopped out. I had to learn from those. I had to learn how to reassess really quickly and I had to not be afraid to jump in no matter what the price was. So that was my learning experience from that. Both of those experiences. Yeah. So what we're really learning is that everybody's career revolves around Tesla somehow. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Everyone's everyone's <laughs> at least key trade has something to do with Elon Musk. And thank you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All <laughs> right. So uh, there is a great question in here. Uh, Win asks, "How do you balance family time with trading related time?" And this is a great question for you because you still have small kids at home. Uh, give me the question one more time. I was reading. How do you balance? family time with trading time? Uh, that's a great question um, because it it's fluid, right? So like right now is the summer and schedule is crazy. So uh, the kids are, the kids are home more and then you go back to school and they're away for a couple hours. Um, I've been through trading when I like, I went from no kids to having kids and like there was a fundamental switch there where like, you're like, okay, baby sleeping. Let me, let me, let me get in. I can trade something. And then as soon as you hit enter, you get trades. The baby starts crying. All right, I got to go take care of this. And it was uh it was a new level of stress that got added to the trading. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, what I found out is just, I took a step back and I said, okay, I, it's very difficult because I don't know. So I, I took a lot less trades at that point and now they're a little bit older. So, you know, so things have, gone past the the more extreme point and now it's like all right you just kind of they they start to understand i think what you do and like okay you need you need your time because you're in front of the screens and uh but i i think the one thing to keep in mind is why you get into trading in the Mm -hmm. first place right everybody wants money but the the reason for the money is oftentimes so you could quit your job free up more time be able to travel be able to do that and if you're not doing any of those things then why 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 are you trading in the first place like you kind of lost your direction in life and now you're you're living to trade and not trading to live and that's a very big catastrophic difference between the two Mm -hmm. so just try to have that in in mind in terms of when you trade and what's really more important to you is it the family and the free time or is it the trading right to me it's it's all day family and being able to to have more of a life that 
friends that I grew up with cannot do friends that I know family members, they can't do it the same. And uh, for me, that that's a big, that's a big plus in my life. So if I was to sit there and just trade all day and ignore everything else and it is what it is, then I'm, I'm not really taking full advantage of what I could be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly it. And I think it's key to really recognize that you have to be adaptable and, too many traders out there think that the only way that they can make money is sitting in front of the computer trading, actively trading all the time. And I'll tell you that in in COVID, I ended up homeschooling my son. So I went from day trading consistently to saying, you know what, I'm just going to have to swing trade. I had to be adaptable and recognize that I don't need to be day trading to make any kind of income, I can absolutely make money swing trading. So I'm just going to swing trade so I can focus on educating my son and dealing with that. So it's, it's a, you have to change, you have to adapt. And when you do that and you understand that there's multiple ways of achieving your goal, you can then relax and do exactly what Dan is saying and start to enjoy the time that you have with your family instead of feeling like, oh my goodness, I should be at the computer right now. I'm missing a trade. I'm missing an opportunity. And that's really not the case. We're missing opportunities all the time. You're not going to catch them all. And there's also opportunities where you're going to be costing you money. So it could be the other way. I don't hear a lot of traders go, oh, I'm so glad I didn't trade today. I would have (laughs) lost. So it's, uh, you you just don't, you don't hear that, right? You just hear all the things that they're missing out on. And uh, it's, it's important to keep that into perspective. So it's a great Uh, question though. And and I think too, just to add to that too, is, is, and we have, we have the Monday sessions where we'll start. We talk about long terms and some companies have, have the long-term account because one, you're, uh, I mean, the way I do it, I just pretty much have the same, same budget coming in every single month, same deposit in the account. I'm looking for stuff to, to buy. That's I think is a valuable company and, and build it up. That's your account where you're building wealth anyway. Right. But you're in the market regardless. So if you have to step away or you have to go do something or, uh, you got to go take the kids to the park, whatever, whatever it might be. You're not really missing out on it. You're missing out maybe a trade that might've won, might've lost. Right. But you're still in the market. You're still involved and your, your wealth is growing. Right. It doesn't matter if it's mm-hmm. a positive day or negative day. Stocks go up and down, but that's just progression. Right. Mm-hmm. That's just where that's how you get to the next level. And you know, okay, it doesn't matter if it's down. Uh, it's my long term. I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm going to buy more next month. Then great. If it goes up, great. I'm making money. So you, you really, you're really just taking the market for what it is, and you're you're letting that grow as opposed to I have to be there every single day to to trade and make money on ours, whether it's trading futures at nighttime, trading big. I mean, and I've done it all, and it just if if you trade Bitcoin, you could trade uh, other crypto that's twenty four seven trading. There's stock, there's futures. You could either choose to trade everything all day and then don't have any outside life or family or anything like that. I've done that as well. It's not, it's not great. Right. Or you can say, okay, well, what works best for my schedule? Maybe the stock market is bad for your schedule, but you still build a long-term right. And maybe trading crypto is a better strategy for you just based on your hours, trading futures, trading uh, currency, whatever it is, there is an, there is a market for you. There's an avenue for you and just try to see what really fits best into your life and your time frame, And that's a, a great way to try to balance things out. Yeah. Such great points. Excellent questions. And uh, have each of you told the story of how you came to RLT? Um, yeah. I think you did, didn't Dan? Dan, didn't you tell that story already? I, I did. Yeah. 
Did I? I don't remember if I did. I meant like, because I just saw, I came across RLT. And actually, I will tell you this story because I was stalking RLT when I first was learning how to trade. So in fact, I was going on YouTube. I was trying everywhere to find some kind of certification program that I could take to learn how to trade the stock market because, hey, I'm very much the type of person that says, hey, I need to go to university, get a degree that gives me the certification. Therefore, I have the confidence to say, yes, I can do this. And that's the mentality that I came from. I don't necessarily believe that anymore. In fact, I'm growing and I don't believe that anymore, but I did at the time. So I spent numerous hours in front of the keyboard, typing in, looking at universities, looking at trading education, looking at opportunities. And it frustrated me because the majority of the time I would get either these little half-baked classes that would just give you a little bit of a teaser, not really give you any information. And then bam, there's the, the, the little caveat that says, all right, now, if you want to actually learn, pay me some money, but I'm not going to tell you what you're going to learn or whether it's going to be successful or not. And then I came across some free education on real life trading and watched all the free education. And during the entire thing, right up to the very end, I'm going, okay, so what's the catch? And it never happened. What's the catch? Never happened. So I just continued watching more of their stuff. And I remember being at the, uh, it was a Wealth 360 Summit, I think it was. And Jeremy was presenting at that 360 Summit. And I jumped into a, a class that he was teaching. I can't remember what it was on. But in that class, he said, you know, here's my cell phone number, folks. I dare you to text me. And so I texted him. I said, Hey, Jeremy, it's Tracy. And like literally seconds later, he texted me back. Hey, Tracy, got time for a phone call? <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. So sure. He gives me a phone call and he spoke to me for, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes, told him my story where I'm, you know, where I was at and all that. And that was my introduction into real life trading. And I've been a huge fan and now I'm, I'm I work with RLT and that's, we have an aligned mission and it's just, that's my story. And I will never, ever probably leave RLT. So it'll be one of those things where I just grow with it. And that's my, that's my journey with RLT. So yeah, great question. And here's, yeah. a, here's a challenge for uh, everybody that is watching this on YouTube or any of the podcasts before or, or podcast platforms. Uh, I want to know. I'm sure Tracy would be interested too, but how did you guys find the Pivot Podcast? How did you guys find Real Life Trading? Type oh, your story question. below as well. Type a quick comment just so we can and we read the comments. So make sure you guys uh, type that in because we're curious how you guys found Real Life Trading, what your story is that kind of led you here because it is weird. Like everything, everyone comes from a different, even in the chat, everyone's got a different background, different beliefs, different everything. And uh, you just come together for the one common sense of like, not even the stock market is just to how do we better ourselves? How do we grow as people and individuals? And mm -hmm. how do we really get to the next level and, and be able to do something that we couldn't even imagine we could do five years ago? Mm -hmm. Right. And then it just so happens to be the, the tool that we use as a stock market. Right. So everybody has a, a different story of how they got there. So make sure you guys type that in the comments below, because we would love to, to check those out as well. Absolutely. And once again, Dan, uh, it is, it's always a pleasure to have these conversations with you. And I look forward to our recording of this episode every single week. I, I just, I love it. So you enjoy your week and I will see you next week. So goodbye, everybody.
All right, take it easy. Appreciate you guys joining us each and every week. Make sure you guys check out all the uh, videos that pop up in the corner of your screen. Uh, that will take you to any past episodes. So if you guys missed those, they're all online. They're all on YouTube, and they're all wherever podcasts can be found. Otherwise, you guys are absolutely incredible. We'll catch you guys on the next Pivot Podcast. See you guys later. Peace.